Hello everyone and welcome back to Paul Talk. This week we have a bit of a different host than we usually do. My name's Alice and I'm here with my friend Caitlin. I'm part of the Government and Political Society as the last few hosts have been. I'm the secretary and I'm here with Caitlin. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Caitlin Holland. I'm a second year Government and Political Science student and also the vice chair of the International, Relati- uh, International Relations Society in UCC. Yeah, so we're both second year GovPol and we're taking over. Nathan usually hosts and along with Frank, but they're not here this week. So they've actually let us in here. It's our first time in here. So we've been working it all out. So bear with us I think a bad decision on their part to let us (laughs) we have no experience so we've just been let loose we're excited but we have a lot to discuss we're very into politics clearly because we do political science how are you finding the degree Caitlin oh grand stressful season with exams (laughs) coming up after a big long era of essays and MCQs I'll be looking forward to this Christmas break what about you Alice I definitely agree with you that we have an exam coming up Friday so we have a bit of time to study but not too much time. We're taking a little break here. This is our hour break. This is our, our lunch break we'll, for the day. We'll go back to the library after this. Yeah. Not, but we'll, we'll see. We aspire to. We'll, yeah, it's the thought that counts. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. But will we give a little intro of what we're going to talk about yeah, today? sounds good. So we kind of just want to talk about everything that's happened in the past few weeks, politics-wise, in Ireland, abroad, America. So we might do an overview of... I know the riots have been previously talked about on here, but, you know, there's updates with Helen McEntee and um, Drew Harris. We kind of want to talk about party popularity in Ireland, as well as um, Eamon Ryan. And, oh, a big topic is probably COP28, which we can definitely get into explaining. We also want to touch on American politics. So the Republican primaries and George Santos and it's all to come. We- oh, all to come. We're all very exciting. Anyways, won't be boring. We'll get into the nitty gritties and explain hopefully for you to what's happening in the world today. So, we yeah. might do, we do a little song and yeah. then we can um, get into it. Yeah. Sounds okay. great. So we're going to play Crush by Ethel Kane.
get right back into it since we have a lot to talk about. Will we start on maybe the all the stuff that's happened in Dublin recently? So obviously for people who aren't listening, there was massive far right riots in Dublin due to there was a stabbing of school children on their way home from school and their carer and basically it was a massive anti-immigrant protest where um, far-right rioters looted and stole and burnt Lewis stops and they burnt buses and they burnt guard cars and guards were injured it was just basically far-right populism yeah a very (laughs) extreme version of far-right populism in Ireland a lot of businesses on that main street have been destroyed a lot of families without income for the winter now due to their businesses being destroyed in the riots it's caused major economic injuries to main city Dublin and we'll probably see these issues causing more havoc in the coming months as we see people fearing to go to Dublin I think it came as a massive surprise for a lot of people who wouldn't necessarily view Ireland as very divided in the far right and the far left context. But I think for people like us, like political students, I think we've noticed this rise in far right popularity, especially online. Like, as you said, online, yeah. And generally in the global political sphere, far right has been growing with all the crises which are happening. And as Ireland is a central political sphere most of our parties lie center maybe slightly center right slightly center left but we're a central sphere so seeing this huge event like the riots in Dublin has really I think shaken a lot of people like we used to only like put riots with maybe America or like or France or bigger countries with bigger political spheres so seeing it in Ireland has definitely shaken a few fetters <laughs> definitely I think it's kind of woken people up that politics in Ireland is definitely changing at the moment oh completely I don't think enough people are taking politics seriously not that it should be everyone's 100% of their lives yeah. but I think people need to be tuning in a bit yeah, more I feel knowing. like we're extremely tuned in at times where it's like we're like how do people not see this but like most people don't really care because it's not to do with their everyday exactly like we're surrounded by it because of class but people I think need to tune into the radio and tune into the news a bit more because like and tune into us tune we into know us, exactly yeah. what we're talking about all the time <laughs> not <laughs> exactly but yeah no definitely scary and we've seen now that with the issue of Sinn Féin calling for a motion of no confidence for Helen McAtee the Minister of Defence Justice Justice thank you <laughs> um, so yeah it's it's definitely an issue you have more on that. So Charles. basically Sinn Féin are calling for a vote of no confidence in Helen McEntee, which you've probably heard about before on the radio here. Um, just wanted to discuss it really because I think it's scary to see that they're go- turning so quickly against her. Obviously, okay, disclaimer, these are my political opinions. These are This isn't fact. But um, Helen McEntee has taken the stance that Fina Gael and their coalition government has taken the same stance that all justice ministers in the past have taken. Like this issue, they're calling, you know, Sinn Féin are calling to her and the public are calling to her to resign because she didn't handle this properly. But there was no, there was no policy in place before ever. This wasn't seen before. Um, Basically what I'm trying to say is like any other person in her role would have done the exact same thing because it's not just an issue that happened Thursday night this is a systemic issue that has been going on for years this is a call maybe 
if you're calling for Helen McEntee to resign, you kind of have to call for the whole government to resign because this is government policy, not just Helen McEntee. I think we step away from Helen McEntee when we view the issue that happened the other night. It, as you said, it's a systemic issue. It the root cause is how we handle our justice department. Our guardy are underfunded. We have a we're understaffed in the role of guardy and that whole area of um, the civil service. Uh, we don't per, we don't give enough funding to that area. We don't give enough funding for our, our guardy nor our defense services. So how was Ireland supposed to fare up against such a unusual and dramatic events such as riots in Dublin we weren't ready our guardy are not trained in such areas and like you can see the moment this happened we sent out our riot police which there were far and few between of like we are not fared for such issues to happen yeah it's clear that obviously the guards have had not enough funding to deal with these kind of issues and while you can make the point that Helen McEntee is justice minister this is her area but she's not the sole person in charge of creating a budget allocating you know, funds. She's not the sole person who makes these decisions. If you like want change, it's more of a wider issue. It's also an issue. You have to look at what caused these people to riot. Like I totally disagree with these riots, but you have to see why they did this. Why do they, why they do what they do? So this can reflect on the cost of living crisis, the housing crisis, and it's brewed all these like racist far right ideologies because they, people are mad. People are very angry. Totally. No, it's definitely, this has just, it's kind of the most extreme form of showcasing the issues that are in Ireland. Like it, they all have come from a root and the roots build up and it explodes and the explosion was the riots. So I think we must look at the system itself before we just call for Helen McAdee to resign because what what's change is going to happen even if she resigns? Yeah, they're just going to put in another minister from the coalition who will have the exact same policy that Helen McEntee follows. Exactly. And I would, I might be wrong here in saying that even if Sinn Féin had a minister in this position, what change would we see? Not to the extreme that would have prevented the riots Mm -hmm. last weekend. Anyone in this position would not have seen them riots happen, nor could have prevented it. Maybe we wouldn't have seen such harsh damage to Dublin, but still, like, we wouldn't have seen as much drastic change as what happened the other day. Yeah, if I were in opposition government, personally, what my stance would be after seeing this whole situation brew out is I would lay out a plan of, well, if you vote us, put me in government, this is what my Justice Department would do. This is what how we would fix the problem with the guards. This is how we would fix housing, how we would fix wages, how we would fix the cost of living. This is a wider issue. You need to, instead of just coming out against the government, which I... In most things, I am against them. Keep that in mind. Instead of just coming out and bashing them, you need to put in a plan in place. What would you do differently instead? And that's what I would like to see. Yes. Even with the the Garda Commissioner, Drew Harris, he's a very interesting character. There's a lot of calls for his resignations. Mm-hmm. What's it called? Calls for Helen McEntee to oust him. The Garda Commissioner is interesting because... What I didn't realize till looking into this to talk about it today, there's yeah, actually I was shocked when you told yeah, me. Yeah, it's crazy. There's actually already been calls for his resignation prior to this whole um, these riots. Basically, the Garda's representative associations, which represents officers throughout the Garda Shiakana, had a vote of no confidence in Drew Harris back in September, and it was about I have it written down here. It, they voted ninety eight point seven percent in a vote of no confidence against. Harris over rostering issues so when the pandemic 
I can't speak, sorry. When the pandemic happened, basically, the rosters changed. So our friend Sophia tried to explain this to us. (laughs) She was saying her uncle is a guard. And they went from working six days on, six days off to working four days on, four days off. And the guards were in favor of this new rostering. Drew Harris wanted to change it due to, you know, short staffing issues. And people were widely against it. So they had a vote and no confidence against him. Obviously, he sacked the new uh, rostering and kept with the old one but if the guards themselves already don't back their commissioner how can he do his job effectively and he's their representative he's their head he is who's like supposed to look out for them so if he's not looking out for them how is he looking out for the system at all yeah this isn't the first issue and while many problems you can argue like not having enough funding that's out of his control but there is many many issues in the guards that he can control himself like the training of the guards exactly. a lot of them weren't properly right trained and guards have come out in the media in the irish times and in the independent stating that there wasn't proper training for you know crowd handling of riots like that because the last riots we saw were in back in like 2006 yeah back when we were babies <laughs> I, I think we were three maybe Probably, two i think i was two yeah <laughs> i'm oh four so i was yeah i can't remember that like nor would our parents that was the time of the like the economic boom like riots back then were far in between and that's 2023 and this is the first riot we've seen since the early 2000s our guardy are not trained they're not properly trained for this and many people will say sure how could you see this coming you could see this coming yeah not in the sense that it broke out just that thursday night but in a sense of these far-right dangerous people their ideology brewing the internet is a dangerous dangerous place we've seen it in america in France, in all of Europe, it's growing in England, and as yeah, it's growing in Europe. And so many big names in politics have called out that populism is on the rise, and it's something we should be wary about. But that's happened in Ireland now—a place that you wouldn't have been like, "Oh, we are going to see a huge political polarization happening." It is definitely has woken many people up, and hopefully, we will see change from it. Hopefully, we will. And even Harris was called before um, the Oireachtas, and he was questioned. And they were specifically, I was reading through, you know, what they were discussing. And it's kind of the regular of he won't resign, he loves the job, all this. And what I found interesting is when they mentioned far right ideology online, he was saying they do not have enough guards to monitor all online forums and that it's up to the citizens to come in and lodge complaints when they see these far right issues. I was like, maybe is this another issue that needs to be funded more. We need to have guards looking at this these hate speech online. It needs to be monitored. Yeah, the fact that we don't have one of like, what's the biggest f- sphere in the world now outside of group forums? It's the internet. The internet is where hate speech and all information is spread. So the fact that our own Garda system, our own justice system, our own defense system doesn't adequately monitor such, such a big and area that encompasses most of the world. Yeah, a lot of children are on. Most children, between the from the ages of, I'd say, five, when children start recognizing and understanding what they're seeing, to 18, where they're just becoming adults, if that is not monitored, children are going to become more radical and are going to be influenced by such poor and bad media, such as right-wing populism. Yeah. What is, what is good to see, though, Varadkar did come out recently. He was talking to the media while he's over in Dubai, which we'll get to that in a minute. Um, he was talking about how he is in favour of introducing new a legislation against hate speech, on, hate speech online. So that could be something we see in the future that can maybe implement more resources to the guards to help tackle that issue and maybe that can help 
prevent further riots happening like we saw on Thursday. Yeah, no, hopefully, yeah, hopefully this statement by our Taoiseach will definitely get this moving along anyways. I was thinking, will we play another little song Ooh, yes, and we can please. continue on? I you feel like give, give people a break. Yeah, we could do Motion Sickness Ooh, by Phoebe yes. Bridgers. We are motion sick. <laughs> if it will play.
might get right back into it because we've a lot to say for ourselves. Yeah, we thought we'd run out of, we'd have nothing to say at the end, but we have made a bit, a bit of a big list for us today. Yeah, we were worried before we came in here. We were like, what if we run out of time? What, like, what if we run to... out of stuff to say? We made the Irish polling list in case we ran out of time. <laughs> a quick shout out to Sophia because she's been advertising for our slot today. So thanks, Sophia, if you're listening. You are a dope. We love you. We love you. <laughs> Perfect. So I guess the next big issue facing Ireland and the world at the moment is COP28. Yes, COP28. Do you want to explain to the listeners what COP28 is? Well, my brief understanding of COP28 is it COP stands for COP, Conference of the Parties. It is a gathering of all countries, political heads, political figures, political activists, everyone around the idea of climate who signed one of the... UN agreements and their biggest achievement was the Paris Agreement in which COP? I can't remember. I'm so sorry. I've been studying public 2015, management. 2015, I want to say. 2015? Was that COP24? Don't quote me. Don't quote me. <laughs> but anyways, uh, the Paris Agreement was one of the biggest successes of COP as it hoped to reach uh, the limit, the temperature rise of the climate. So how hot our country, our country, our world would be <laughs> to 1.5%. Um, we have failed that. Though it was one of the biggest successes of COP, our con- it was a 86 days out of 356 this year, our planet reached 1.5 degrees or above 1.5 degrees. So we already have failed on that Paris Agreement, but COP is important for the future of climate action. Trying to meet new targets. It's trying to meet new targets. And look, there's enough issue, there's enough debate on are these targets effective? Climate's a big issue, but COP is a chance for all leaders and political people to come together to try make sense of it in some bit though it might not be the most effective that's my own personal opinion but look <laughs> and this year's cop is very controversial isn't it oh god is it controversial <laughs> A lot of politics at this stage, you actually have to go is this a joke is this for real <laughs> I think this is a joke though it was held in you AE in Dubai and the president of COP this year I'm going to really butcher this name and I apologise is Sultan Al-Yaber and so basically he is CEO of the state-owned oil company in the UAE and he is not very pro- Climate activism, if you want to say. No, and I will shout out a political source, uh, the rest of politics was a section called Leading, and they had one of the executive presidents of COP, big oh, really? person of the UN, incredible, incredible interview from this morning. But she was, she is currently a diplomat of some country, Costa Rica, but um, she was discussing it and she has said how it, she described it only as unusual. <laughs> The last big scary one we had was Qatar. And the fact that countries such as UAE and Qatar host COP and they are major exports of fuel, like fossil fuels and natural gas and are hosting a climate conference is terrifying. It just feels like it's a sarcastic joke. <laughs> it's irony. In it, it's its ironic. Form. Because even um, this president, he's come out and said that this is what his opinion is. He says there is no science that phasing out fossil fuels will help decrease um, climate change, which is just crazy. And he is now hosting the UN Climate Change Forum, basically. God help us. There's also, and this is just to add to the controversy, controversy, because there wasn't enough. um, There's been documents obtained by the Centre for Climate Reporting, along with BBC. Basically, they've stated they're from the... 
documents from the UAE that say they are willingly to jointly evaluate international LNG, which LNG stands for liquefied natural gas, which is a fossil fuel, opportunities in countries like Mozambique, Canada, Australia. And then the documents go on to talk about how they're looking to collaborate for oil and gas ventures with countless of countries. So basically, they want to use COP28, the summit, to pursue oil ventures and gas ventures and make money in fossil fuels for themselves. And this is supposed to be our discussion on saving our climate? They, yeah, it's extremely controversial. It's extremely just, it's hard to believe um, that this is being allowed to happen. A lot of countries have come out condemning the fact that Al Yaber is pr- president of COP, but obviously COP started in November 30th, so yeah. it's gone ahead. He's in charge. <laughs> He is head of the discussion. He is he is the leader of it. We did see him get into a bit of an argument with our ex-president, Mary Robinson, <laughs> at, in one of the pre-COP debates. And he claims that his claims are ludicrous to say anything. He's trying to protect his own sector, protect fossil fuel sales. And is sounds like he is going to be the torn in the, in the back of any effective change we're going to see in this conference. I mean, it's very difficult to motivate all these countries to come together and actually make substantial change. And when the facilitator of that summit to make these actual changes has ulterior motives where he, against what the summit is actually for, how can we create effective climate action? Exactly. It's not possible. And we're coming up on one of the years we said that we'd achieve a lot of our things. 2030 was one of the years we'd achieve most of our aims or goals or some of them at least. And the fact that the UAE, a fossil fuel empire, is one is hosting COP in one of the closest years to this, we are, it is scary. What's it called? Another thing to mention about COP is King Charles. King Charles made a very impactful speech at COP. Um, he's been a climate activist for basically his whole life. He's really pro-climate activism. And I'll take a quote from what he said. He said, the earth does not belong to us. And yeah, it doesn't. I, I, I agree. I think it's really important to see leaders like King Charles be really pro-climate activism. But what... This is also my personal opinion. Yeah. What I don't like to see is leaders like King Charles who come out in support of climate activism and then inherently are hypocrites. Yeah. So this also reflects on the controversy of King Charles and his Duchy of Lancaster, which if not everyone knows what this crazy. is about, it's crazy. We were talking about this it, This earlier. is like it's old just, serfdom. It's, this like, is... it's like medieval oh. time stuff. Like Look, it's crazy. We knew the monarchy was old. <laughs> we, we already knew. But this, is, but this, this just is proves it. Crazy. So basically, people who, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, the Duchy of Lancaster. Sounds That's right. what it said online. So mm. we'll go with it. Basically, people, the Duchy of Lancaster is an estate that is under King Charles, that he owns, I suppose, that he inherited. And basically, people who die in this area without a will or a next of kin, their money goes to the Duchy. This is called, I looked up the word for it. It's called, it's like a Latin word. It's called Bon Vaticania. I am so butchering it. I applaud your attempt. It It was not a very good attempt, but we'll go with it. Um, and it was like created hundreds of years ago. And basically, all, 
what the monarchy had claimed is they had promised all this money was going to charity and recently it came out that only a small portion of it is going to charity and a lot of the money is being used on things like renovations. Wow, renovating. So King How many Charles people live says, in these buildings and are renovating? <laughs> King Charles says the earth does not belong to us but the land in Lancaster apparently does yeah. belong to him. And I t- I'm nearly certain there's a few more states like that that oh, he yeah. holds. It, co- it covers a massive area, I think from like Manchester and all around that area. I think like northern Manchester. I don't know English geography that well. We thought that King Charles becoming king might help the climate a bit because he's such a big activist. But this is chaos, if anything. Chaos, complete chaos. Yeah. Um. We might take a little ad break for the moment. Quick ad break. And we'll be and right back. We'll go back to cop. Yes. Quickly. Clawston Hulskola Kirkig. No cock point to three FM. Hi there. My name is Sinead Wolf and I'm the chairperson. Okay, we'll come back. <laughs> well we are back. We are back. That was a very quick ad break, but it was an ad. <laughs> it, Advertising it was, it was money. It was something. Perfect. <laughs> Okay, also, just to mention on COP before we yeah. um, continue, you have a bit to say about it, yeah. don't you? Do you have Bradker? I have Bradker. Do you oh, want shout to shout about Bradker? Okay, and I'll we talk shout about mine. Bradker. So, <laughs> Bradker has pledged in his speech to COP28 that Ireland is pledging 25 million to assist poor countries in the loss and damage fund. So, this is basically to help the poorest countries in the world who are mostly affected by climate change, so rising sea levels and things like that and pollution, um, help them rehabilitate and rebuild and move people to safer places, I suppose. However, this sounds great. I'm like, yay, Yay. more money to climate change. But this 25 million is actually already money that we had pledged a few years ago, back in, I want to say it was 2021, from a larger fund. So while it is good to see... And it's important to see more money being pledged to climate activism. I would like to see more money that instead of just re-pledging money, we've already yeah. pledged. I don't know. It just seems like a facade almost. It's like, look at us. We're so great. This is the amount of money we're pledging. But we actually already said we would give that. Yeah. Like, it just sounds like we, we have nothing else to add to the conversation. Like, yeah. Ireland, we're an island. If our sea levels rise, we're in a lot of trouble. We are an agricultural sector. If we, if we, if major droughts happen in our area of the world, our agriculture sector is going to die and so will the Irish economy. So the fact that we are not willing to give any more to this issue is kind of terrifying. It's kind of scary because even Radker notes in his speech is Ireland is one of the, is a rich country. So, mm-hmm. and it is struggling to implement this change. So he was taking into account what about the smaller countries, the poorer countries, how hard is it for them? So he can acknowledge this issue, this privilege that we have, yet he's just re-pledging old money. It just seems like a bit fake to me, almost. It's Honestly, like, yeah. it's fake activism. Like, it's a good headline. We've pledged 25 million, but this is actually money we've previously pledged. There's and nothing past the headline. Yeah, it's nothing new. It's not new. It's just a headline. Something that is new in COP compared to Radker's pledge is it has moved to a focus on health, which is not, has been seen in this type of forum before, but health in COP has not. And the UAE, along with several charities, have pledged 714 million euro to fight tropical diseases caused by climate change. That's very good. Which is different to see come out of COP because we have focus on the environment, but people is usually the sector of human welfare and the effect of climate change on humans has not been addressed really 
Um, so this money will go towards diseases and to diseases spread or made worse by climate uh, as by the climate change and as temperatures rise. Um, also health related risks. Like there were, for an example, there was a large spread of malaria after one of the big hurricanes and tsunamis in, I think, South America, or I'm not too sure, but that was malaria spread crazy, a lot of deaths, a big country statewide issue. And the fact that it's only being addressed now that humans are affected medically by climate change is interesting. Um, there was also a mil- another million. 100 million pledged by UAE and 100 million pledged by Bill and Melinda Gates, the foundation. Very nice. Towards um, health risks due to climate change. So it's interesting to see 100 million pledged by a big American personality such as Bill Gates and Melinda Gates. And their foundation does do good work. But the fact that they pledged one of the biggest ones and not a country is an interesting fact. Yeah, it's very interesting. I suppose even... It kind of highlights the priority of climate activism with, within governments. Yeah. Like it is definitely, even though the Greens are in coalition here, can you really argue is climate activism one of the most important topics within government? Not within the parties. And I think it is going to be the people and the uh, activists and the personalities that are going to be pushing for climate change. Like we have uh, researchers, students and lecturers gone over to COP from UCC oh do we we do so it's good to see that UCC is invested invested even I suppose our plastic free campus exactly and have representation over there making our mark on the world Mm because COP is important so it's important I suppose also it kind of creates a feeling of hopelessness when you see these um summits when all these countries have pledged so much and want to do such good things and that gets your hopes up and then they don't follow through on their goals. And it's like, well, if they're not able to do these, make these substantial change, what is any change that I myself make going to do? Yeah, like I worked at an event, actually, um, the MEP moments with the active citizenship. Shout out. Shout out. (laughs) um, The UCC European Commission um, collab. But it was interesting to see, we did climate change and it was interesting to see the opinions of, 16 17 18 year olds really we worked with that young group in the morning we worked with college kids and i have never seen such in touch students in both sectors these kids had more information their heads screwed on they understood it way better really? than any adult i've ever heard they were coming up with active plans that were actually worked economically yeah it was an incredible morning i was blown away and it actually so hopefully from that i have a bit more hope that we'll make change climate wise with the on with the generations under us but at the same time it's the older generations are kind of i think causing what the, the pain. older generations seem to hear the minute you mention climate they're like oh, more taxes money more taxes money <laughs> and that scares them off a bit but i think like substantial climate policy can be implemented without targeting the middle and working class yeah i think just it it could be kind of radical but target maybe the rich maybe the rich <laughs> maybe the maybe. people who can afford it we aren't putting a political stance down but like politically, politically neutral politically society neutral. <laughs> but are we no no <laughs> but um no it is good to see even i suppose the fact that the cop conferences are happening every year it's important it's good to see um just whether change from them will be implemented is what we want to see next yeah so will there be anything through. effective come from this conference mm-hmm. as it was held in uae and like money does talk so the money they're pledging hopefully it 
actually is put to use. Like all this money can be put in a fund. They can pledge all this money. But once it's actually sent to the places that need it, that is what is important. Exactly. It gets to the people that need to get it. We'll keep a close eye on it and hopefully <laughs> we'll report back maybe, to you Maybe sometime. we'll be invited back. <laughs> we can do an update. So will we move on to the big state of the United States of America? American politics. Oh, I love this. Scary, scary stuff. I find it so interesting. Okay, so we brought up, we decided to bring up a poll about the Republican primaries. Because that is what's happening soon. So if anyone doesn't know, it's primary season. So the Republicans are in the midst of choosing who they're going to run, who they're going to put forward to run for president. So the Democrats have Biden because he's already president. So they're going to rerun him. Controversial, but... It's moving forward. Yeah. <laughs> it's the debate that never ends is yeah. Biden well enough. And we're completely putting it to the side. We could, we could sit here for the hour and argue that. I like, could sit here for six hours arguing <laughs> about American politics, but I won't. Um, but what we want to focus on is the Republican primaries. So they have multiple candidates at the moment. And basically, we're going to run through the polls. So it's an ABC News poll with 538.com. So it's like fairly reliable. Yeah. And I've looked at a few others and it kind of is similar. It's one that people mention. It's cited. It, yeah. it's, I would put it down as reliable enough yeah. anyways. So at the moment, so this is as of December. So mm-hmm. it's only been in the last few days. So at the moment, Trump is at 60% in the polls. God this help is us. crazy. I will be honest. That is insane. He's rising in the polls. So he started a lot lower and he's rising. It is said by a lot of people in the media that his court cases will affect his polling, but at the moment we are not seeing it. It's his candidates who are being completely tarnished and torn apart. Trump seems to be untouchable apart from his court cases. I think a lot of his base as well, just putting aside January 6th, they don't care. They They really don't care about the court cases January 6th. These people are loyal and they love him and they, they will disregard any criminal activity he has been a part of because to them it doesn't matter. We want them people to listen to us yeah. talk reason. They are an extremely loyal base. And Trump, keep in mind, hasn't even been participating in any of the debates. No, his he's not been present. His, he's apparently above it. <laughs> he, he's above it in his own opinion. He, uh, I think they're taking the court cases as free publicity. I think it's enough for him. He's in the media all the time. He's in We're the always media 24-7. He is gone a bit more targeted on his... Um, his um, like TV advertisements, his campaign. Mm-hmm. He's focused a lot more on that and he's pushing it to states where he is not the highest, but with that advertising, we're seeing a bit of a flip. He's gaining more and more popularity in them states. Yeah. But I would recommend anyone watching these campaign advertisements. They are the funniest things I've ever seen. He made one recently and the Democrats flipped it around to make it pro-Biden. It was fabulous. But I actually honestly, haven't seen any of oh these. Oh my God, please watch them. It's so interesting and who talked great about this is Crooked Media I'm very big into the shouting out a podcast <laughs> Crooked Media Pod Save America they are the best ones to listen to apart from us of course oh yeah our one off, once off edition um, of Paul Talk but yes they're brilliant but yeah I'll let you finish because otherwise I, so, I'll ramble our next person in the polls is Ron DeSantis oh Florida <laughs> governor and he is at 12.6% it's just I'm shocking the difference You're it's the difference that surprises me but He's been, not, he's been going down in the polls. Oh, he was higher, but he's been going down. And he will continue to fall. As Trump goes up, he's going down. Yes, because they're all realised, like, uh, it's the Gavin Newsman talk recently he did. That debate absolutely tarnished the figures. He's down 40% in his home state of Florida. I can't see him being picked oh, as he won't. the representative. Even though he's second highest on this list, I, I can't see it. No, as Newsman said in that interview, uh, Newsman is the 
governor of California and is not running as a Democrat primary or a Democratic yeah. candidate, he says, one thing me and you have in common, Mr. Santos, is neither of us will be the nominee for our parties in 2024. Burn. Burn. <laughs> I'd recommend anyone watching it. It was brilliant. I'm going to have to check it out. Oh, do. It was fabulous. You see, then after DeSantis, we have Nikki Haley. She is at 9.5%. A candidate who has polling, who has I think, numbers. I don't think the Republican Party, honestly, I don't know who the Republican Party are going to pick because I'm going to say it about all of them. I'm like, I don't think, I don't see it as them. She is a strong candidate in the state she has, but strong. we will not see her grow. She has fallen in but the But the thing polls. is, I think she could win the election if she was. Really? I think she could because she appeals, while Trump appeals to the like really far right voter Nikki Haley appeals to a more of a centrist position but then the opposite can be said centrism isn't really working for anyone in America since it's so polarized even her stance have you seen her speech about her being pro-life yes she takes a really kind of centrist logical approach to her being pro-life obviously personally I disagree with that stance and pro-choice but she believes we need to instead of being so polarized in the pro-life pro-choice debate we need to meet at a point where and meet on certain issues that we can agree on that are like aligned with both, if that makes sense. So like how far abortion can go or like, you know, protecting women's life who are, if they're about to lose their life, that allowing abortion then, even in states where it's banned, just like compromises is what it sounds like to me. She'd appeal to the liberal. She appeals to the liberal and she appeals to the centrist, which might work, I suppose, in Europe, but I don't know, will that work in America for her? America's left, right, there ain't no middle. Um, yeah. But she definitely would sound like she'd do brilliant in the European campaign. Yeah, that's why I was thinking she could win, but then examining how polarised they are. She would win if Trump wasn't on the table. There was a high chance she'd yeah. be higher in the polls if Trump was on the table. You see, like historically in all other primaries, any candidate that is as low of a percentage as she is has not been selected. So the likelihood of her ever being picked at this stage it's just too late in the game it's way too late in the game so maybe in a few years she is young enough she's, and she's big on foreign policy as well yeah she was the un um she was the ref of the united Ambassador, states in, yeah. in the un so she during trump wow during trump it was 2017 to 2018, 2018 wasn't right. it that is yeah so while she tries to shit on i shouldn't swear him. <laughs> well deep. she deep he didn't hear that while she does try to criticize trump yeah she can't come at him too much because she, she did work under him she did work under him yeah but um she is big into foreign policy which is another attractive factor for mm-hmm. president will we continue down the list uh i think there's one more notable one notable one uh, yeah there's a few here that we they're not relevant i don't think i've heard now, their names i'm gonna butcher this name again and we, 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 looked it, we looked this up times. earlier because I knew I would do this. Vivek Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy, yeah. Ramaswamy. Okay. I knew I was going to oh, do that. He, he's at 5.1. He's at 5.1. He's 38. He is the youngest candidate we have at the moment in the American election. He is not going to be picked. He's radical. A lot of people don't know this, but he is a bit of an extreme candidate. He would be what I would have said is... he. You think he'd appeal to the Trump people yeah i was reading that about how that was his game going in but it just he's doesn't out trying seem, to out trump trump it just doesn't seem to work for him now no trump, he's trump fans are too loyal trump fans are too loyal he's young he hasn't been in the sphere long enough he's a tech giant isn't yeah he? he's an entrepreneur entrepreneur <laughs> um, like he's in business he 
he's new to the political sphere in the sense he is a businessman true and true and i know trump is also a businessman but he's been a big figure big name we've seen him for decades even before we were alive in media people knew trump before he was even political we have DeSantis, governor of florida we have haley who was um ambassador to the united states she's been in the political sphere a long time but ramaswamy he's new he though he's high though people love him in the state he has control of but like I don't think he ain't going to win. And I don't think he's going to win for many years, if, even if he reruns. Yeah, I think this primary would look completely different if Trump wasn't in it. It would be he's a wild card. so much more interesting. It would, these like Haley, DeSantis, Ramaswamy? Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy. They would all have a fighting chance if Honestly. Trump wasn't in this. But also the fact that Trump's at 60%, obviously he's the most likely candidate. But can you see... Biden versus Trump happening again. Like, that is crazy. It's incredibly surreal that it's happening again. But <laughs> I'm just thinking, who, what's the outcome if they win? Because can Trump beat Biden? Will Biden get the votes he wants? Because he's losing them at the moment. We won't go Biden too much into it. Biden is decreasing in popularity. Biden's losing the young people's vote. He's losing the minority vote. And I think the Republicans winning, no matter who they're running, I think the, a Republican president is very likely in this next election. And is that what we need and in the world at the moment? No. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that it could be Trump is crazy. After the last election, if you told us that Trump is like a highly likely candidate for the next election and he's like looking to win, would you believe that? That is... Like how far a person can fall and it just not affect them in any way. It's like, how he treated his politicals when he was president. It's the court cases we've seen after about how he was holding documents from the FBI and the CIA. Like it's crazy. How he kept them in his bathroom and then flooded <laughs> his bathroom to get destroy some of them. It's the obs- <laughs> it's, just it's crazy, crazy how it's he treated crazy. his presidency and that now he is it one of the top like candidates. It feels like a reality TV show. America is a reality TV show at the moment. And yeah. I'm sorry to any Americans listening. <laughs> we are sorry, but it is honest. It's true. American politics is an actual crazy sphere at the moment. Mm-hmm. And will be interesting to see who is president this time next year. It'll be interesting to see, especially with, you know, the Ukraine war and the Israel-Palestine conflict yeah. and just the overall global economy, like how Trump could handle that. Is that a thing? Can How do you handle can, the pandemic? Trump? Like, it's, oh, it's scary. Now I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be like, anyway, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, it's just, it, it isn't looking good is basically Will what. we talk about some other crazy, crazy, crazy stuff that's oh, happened in America. Another more really depressing um, piece of politics. I, I don't know if it's depressing, but it's more like funny. It's just, it's just like, it's hard to, it just highlights how crazy Americans are I feel like I'm like the fact that this was they were allowed get away with this okay we should explain it before we start rambling about how how insane we think it is as stated at the start of this segment I like American politics I really do I follow I think you're a lot more into it than I I am I followed the last like three elections crazily when we had the 2016 election I sat on the side of a football pitch looking at um, Hillary versus Trump anyways (laughs) I'm going to do this quickly because we don't have much more time George Santos um, rep in New York. It's, it's North, funny New, and then Jersey? you realise it's politics and then it just makes you sad. <laughs> he has been kicked out of Congress. Thank God. <laughs> Thank, about time. About time. This is the third attempt. Third attempt. They tried to have a vote of no confidence in him two times previously. Wow. Wow. And it we, didn't pass. We love this. 
Anyway, this is actually insanity on his part. But anyway, George Santos, he's been kicked out of Congress. Thank God. It's, it's the lies he's made. This man has lived a life of many people and he I can't been, get he's over He's lived it. many lives. He has he's lived. He's been many people. He's been many people. He's lived many he's lives. He's been busy. But anyways, he's been kicked out of Congress because one point for his crazy lying. I'm going to name out a few. Oh, get And we're to going it. to see how crazy shock, it gets. Shock the people. This man has been used his money from donors wrong. He's lied to donors and the money he has got from such donors he has used on ludicrous items. So he, these donors, just in case people don't understand, they were funding his campaign and they're obviously meant to go for campaigning. So like signs and, you know, speeches and travelling and you know. Yeah. Uh, trying to, to get him to get him in, into par- in, in Congress yeah. so then he can push Policy. policies and issues for the and people who's done him. Represent. I'm first going to name out the charges that were put on him to get him kicked out of Congress. He was 10 charges. Um, just a few. Just a few. There was 10 charges, including these ones. One count of conspiracy to commit offences against the US. Just offences against the US. That's insane. Two counts of wire fraud. Two counts of making maternally false, false statements to the FEC. Two counts of falsifying records submitted to obstruct the FEC. Two counts of aggravated identity theft. <laughs> and one count of a access device fraud. To name a few. There's not ten, ten other even ones. all of them. <sighs> so the money he used from his donors, as mentioned before, in his mm. wire transfer fraud was money for OnlyFans. Hermes, we won't get into what that is. Hermes, the d- designer brand. Designer brand. Botox. So that was the money he used from his donors to help aid his political campaign. He is a man of many lives as well. And this is something I saw on TikTok. Obviously not a great political source, but it was very funny. Um, It came out against him that when he was in Brazil, he was a drag queen and there was photos of him came out as a drag queen. And his comments were, sue me for having a life, which I kind of find iconic, I won't lie. But looking at everything else he has done, it's just, he's crazy. He's a Republican. We forgot to mention that. Oh, yes. He claims to live in New Jersey with his husband and four dogs. This man lives with his sister. He's also a conservative Catholic, isn't it? Oh, that's the and funny that's, part. That's a good topic to talk this about. This man claimed, and I'm so sorry to anyone who this might affect, claimed his mother died in 9-11. His mother was in Brazil when 9-11 happened. She had, there's reports that she, she never like moved. The, the reports show that she was in Brazil while it happened. He also claimed during Holocaust Remembrance Day in, in the United States that he was of Jewish ancestry. <laughs> and claimed he was Jewish. When he found so out he is a offensive. Roman Catholic and is a Roman Catholic on all ends, he claimed he was Jew-ish. Like the word Jew, like Jew dash I-S-H. Uh, yeah. He is that like, Jew-ish. who let him be in Congress? Um, he also, this, this man was elected is concerning. Yeah, he lives with his, uh, to go back on the other point, he lives with his sister. He claims he's gay. Well, he might be gay. We don't know. He, he claims he's gay and um, has a husband and, four dogs he was married to a woman from 2012 to 2019 but on a facebook post which was found he was inviting his friend to his engagement dinner to of with his boyfriend fabulous but while married to this woman he married in 2012 which there is marriage and divorce papers of who he divorced in 2019 his when interviewed his boyfriend of that time who he, he invited everyone to their engagement party of said no which i just oh, think is an additional a- icing on the cake Harsh if it was reality. true, we'll never know. This is reality TV. 
Yeah. Like this would be entertainment if it was not an elected official using money, people's money to fund his behaviors. He was representing how many thousand people in the state of New, like New York? A lot. A lot. He also unethically took 24, claimed 24,000 euro dollars in unemployment benefits. While he, he was making over $100,000 a year. Yeah. Um, he lied about where he went to college and school. It just, the list continues to grow. He lied, he claimed he worked for Goldsmiths and Sachs. Which he just did not. And he lied in the, in the court to a judge that he worked in Goldsmiths. Added to the list of his crimes. Yeah. Um, and he claimed to found an animal charity. And he's also supposed to have done money fraud on a veteran and elderly people. And, and he was a congressman, guys. If that doesn't shock you, then I don't know what would. Yeah. It's also to note when we said he's been kicked out of Congress, that means there's going to be a new election happening in his constituency. So it's up to their state governor to like facilitate that and run it. So hopefully some real representation, like politically respectable people will be voted in. I don't know. Will this push people in his constituency to vote Democrat? Maybe, like, who do we have in the state of New, New York? On top of my head, AOC, of course. Yeah. So put but her against... New York against... is a very divisive area. It's a big area, big voter pool. Yeah, especially Jersey. That's a yeah. very, very hit or miss one. So We don't know. We'll have to watch out. I think that has to be implemented in the next month. They have to start get the ball rolling on mm-hmm. it. I could be wrong with the dates, but it's soon. There's a certain time frame yeah. where they have to get that rolling. And so. it's Christmas season, so we're going to yeah. really see... So, so that'll be in the new year, probably. Yeah. We'll see a new, hopefully... Less crazy? Less, yeah. Is that too much to ask? Yeah. So Speaking of crazy, do we want to talk about someone crazy, in our opinion, in Europe? Oh, Europe. Do you uh, want to lead the way on this? I think you know okay. more about this than me. I don't know much about this, but what I do know is... We'll, we'll do it quickly. Since quickly, we're, we don't have much time. We, but, we've been okay. rambling. I'd like to thank our lecturer, Philip Mon- uh, Murphy, for this, because he's <laughs> the only reason I looked into this for our exam. Okay, the Netherlands just had their elections. Um, the top party, PVV, PVV, were voted in with 37 seats in Parliament. They are right-wing. Their leader is Gert Wilders. Um, he has been described as a Dutch Trump. He that looks is exciting. like a Dutch Trump Scary along stuff. with his policies. Have you seen his sideburns? Have you seen his hair? <laughs> the whole look. The whole look. Just screaming tr- Trump cosplay. Anyways. <laughs> if it works for him, I guess. <laughs> he has, They have won 37 seats. They're top of parliament at the moment. They're going to require a coalition to get into government. Um, they're, go- they're looking for a coalition to make up 76 seats, which would give them the majority of seats in Parliament out of 150 seats, which is total Parliament. Um, PVV um, cl- worked on the anger around migration and border closures in the Netherlands. Um, Gert Wilders, totally right wing, totally against all migration, anyone that's non-national. He is trying to ban the Quran. He is trying to ban headscarves he is someone we should be looking out for with the netherlands being such a small country but also very influential on energy and climate because of nuclear power and wind and a country that we see a lot of exports going through and exports going to they're definitely one we should worry about their economy especially with him being in charge or maybe being in charge if he can't get the coalition i think there's going to be a bit of hope he won't but this kind of highlights the 
right-wing populism that we opened up with. Yes, and the backsliding found yes. in Europe at the moment. Um, this is a major issue. Yeah, he res- he's he's going to try bring in Nexit, which is the Dutch <laughs> form of Brexit. And because yeah. it went so well in Britain, it went so well in Britain. They are thriving. And it's not like the Dutch are stuck right between nah. France and Germany. <laughs> yeah, perfect spot to leave. Perfect spot. To Bit leave. of an awkward neighbor in there. Going to become Switzerland? We'll never know. <laughs> but they are someone we should be watching out for. It only happened last week between them and the Polish elections at the moment, and the majority of there is huge backsliding in Europe, and the fact that we have far right riots in Ireland. Britain is getting a bit hazy on how their politics is going to go. Yeah, well, the and conservatives are there at the moment, but for how long? <laughs> for how long? But even there's the right rising in Britain, the right rising in France. Spain is getting a bit touchy. It's a lot to do with immigration. Yeah, and the, the immigrant crisis and immigration just issues. Right wing. It's something to watch out for. <laughs> is going to be scary, and I hate the end of the show on a bad note. But like, yeah. <laughs> be scared of right wingers. Right wing. <laughs> look at your, look at the um, the politics and the news because the Netherlands and all elections are happening in Europe because there are like twenty five elections happen. There's seven elections happen- happening in democratic countries next year yeah well so. we're having our european and our local elections mm-hmm. next june which will be interesting yeah i don't know will they reflect a right left divide because ireland's politics is never really divided along that line no we're centralist we're country. central we don't really have those political parties but we'll see we'll mm-hmm. see it'll be interesting and that'll set the precedent for the doll election oh, exciting tuned. stuff coming in the next year <laughs> so i think do we close out? Will we close out? That? Yeah. So yeah, we'd like to thank everyone listening today. Thanks for giving us the opportunity thanks, to come on. Yeah. Thanks, Polity and the Gulf Paul Society for letting me speak as a <laughs> non-member of the committee. <laughs> I will shout out the International Relations Society because I am their co-chair and I'm pretty sure my chair, Joanne, would kill me if I didn't. Um, we do model UN debates every Wednesday, but do Gulf Paul owns this segment. So it is there. I'll let Alice close out. And I'll just say thank you for listening and thanks to Nathan and Frank for letting us come on today. And we'll just turn on a song just to close it out. Thanks for listening. Thank you and so much. We're going to put on Lana Del Rey. Fabulous.